0: Of a good-looking crowd tonight and I appreciate everybody being here so we'll begin it is an introduction uh, the fruits of the spirits and like I said this is the one of, of uh, ten different lessons this is an introduction um, and hopefully it goes well I, I have faith that the other guys will do great with their fruits but I'm a little concerned about my introduction so uh, we'll, we'll get into that but we are going to be doing that we'll begin by reading from Galatians chapter 5 verse 23 through 26 and um, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, I mean gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And though there are Christ have crucified the flesh, and the and with the afflictions and the lust, if we live in the spirit, we will also if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. And so here he's giving these lists of these things that are fruits of the Spirit. And one of the things I want to kind of point out here, and we can get on to the next slide, which just shows all of these in the the area. But one of the things I want to point out here with these fruits is that they're not tangible things. I'm not going to say they're not physical things because I think they manifest themselves in this life, but they're not tangible things. You can't pick up and say, like I can pick up and say this is a bottle of water. Here's a bottle of water I have a bottle of water in my hand right but you can't pick up and say well here I got a bottle of love or I got a bottle of joy or of any of those things they're not tangible things they're the intangibles if you will in life they're the things that that matter now they having these fruits in your lives will manifest themselves in tangible ways and and the guys who do do these studies will talk about that but these are not tangible things but these are intangible things these are Things that are maybe on the emotion, or, or maybe it's not the correct word, but that they are tied to emotions. But these are the intangibles, if you will. These are the things that are of, are of attitude, of perspective, and, and those kind of things of, a, of a, a state of being, if you will. And so they're not intangible things, but they lead to tangible actions. And that's true of all these fruits, and I think that's kind of one of the important things as we go forward through that, is we recognize that these, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but these are intangible things that create tangible actions. So, this is the the ones we're going to talk about. Tonight is the introduction. Uh, Jonathan, I believe, and I don't know all of them, but Jonathan has love on Wednesday night. The next will be joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith meekness and temperance. So we'll go through these uh, one night, either on Sunday night or Wednesday night. I will go ahead and say that we are going to go ahead and have the last Wednesday night of October. We'll be singing night, so we're going to keep that tradition. And so we will go into a little bit into November with these. But these are the topics. This is what we're going to cover. And we're going to cover these in a kind of a basic manner. Um, to start off with, we're going to kind of have a similar type uh, subject: We're all going to have, where we're going to talk about the role of the heart and the spirit. And I'm going to talk about that tonight. Then we're going to talk about how fruitfulness, and it will be for each and of which manifest itself in our lives. And then we're going to talk about how producing the certain fruit, and tonight will be just fruit in general, how that glorifies God. And so we're going to kind of keep to this similar theme, if you will, as we go through these. And so we can expect to kind of see this outline over and over again as we go through these. Because these things are, I think critical to understanding these fruits of the Spirit, and their value. So let's turn, starting off in Matthew chapter thirteen, verses eighteen. It says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away him that is sown in his heart. This is received the seed by the wayside. But he that has received the stone the seed in stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and and with an and joy receiveth it, yet he hath not rooted himself, but dureth, dureth for a while, and for when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receiveth the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of the world, and deceitfulness of the riches choke the word, and he become unfruitful. For, but he that receiveth it in the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth, understandeth which also beareth fruit, bringing forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirty. And so, the thing I want to recognize in here, and we want to start, and this is kind of one of the things we're going to talk about throughout, is the idea that we have this parable of the sword, and it's a parable we're familiar with. And in that parable of the sword, there are four different types of soil. And those four different types of soil represents four different conditions of the heart. But because he starts off in the verse first, and it was someone who has it plucked away from his heart. And it's four different conditions of the heart. And you see the heart who basically rejects the gospel, and that is the seed by the wayside. You see the heart that allows the persecutions and doesn't have any depth to their heart, any depth to their belief in the seed of the heart, planting into their heart. And it doesn't suffer... it it dies out under the pressure of persecution. You see the heart that is entangled with the affairs of the world, this heart that does not have a focus on the seed, but focused on all the other things. You see that heart, and it fails to bear fruit because it is choked out. That plant and that seed is choked out and is not fruitful. And then we see finally the fourth type, which is the good heart, the good ground, who hears the word and understands the word, and then it bears fruit. And it's important to recognize that that good soul, that good heart, is what bears that fruit by having that seed in it. And in some, a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. So even within that, there is a difference in how fruitful things are. And that's all okay, because all of that is considered good fruit. All of that is considered a good heart. And so that's really important that we recognize that that the heart is key to being fruitful, so having a good prepared heart, having that good heart is key to us being fru- fruitful. It's key to us being that, and so we want to be able to recognize that we have to prepare our heart and we do that by humbling ourselves and, and British Curtis talked about how even with good knowledge, even with spiritual knowledge, if we puff our, if we puff ourselves up if we make our, if we take ourselves too seriously, or if we look too proudly upon ourselves. We, we run into danger. And so we want to be humble as we go through life. We want to be humble as we put the seed or the word of God into our heart, so we can have that good heart that, that produces good fruit. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33, here speaking to the, the Pharisees and the Jews who were actually condemning him of doing right, he says, Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and the fruit corrupt. For we know, for the tree is known by his fruit, O generations of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart a man speaketh. And a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. And so here Christ is telling them that you will know a tree by its fruit. You know, if you walk through an orchard and you're not really good at identifying plants, and you go over there and you see an orange you know it's an orange tree. You don't have to be able to recognize the leaves or the bark if it's got an orange on it to say, hey, that's an orange tree because there's an orange there. And if you walk over there and you see an apple, you know that's an apple tree. You don't have to be able to recognize the leaves or the bark or the coloration of an apple tree to know it's an apple tree because you can see the fruit it bears. And the same is with people. You can recognize whether people are good or evil based on the fruit that they bear, based on the attitudes, whether they show and demonstrate these things that we've read about as the fruit of the Spirit or not, that will show whether they are a good tree or a bad tree, an evil person. And it says that those things come from the heart. Out of the heart, the good brings, out of the heart brings forth, out of a good heart, the treasure of a good heart, bringeth forth good things, and evil men, and so our heart determines what kind of fruit we have, you know, it's not that God just picks you and says, you are going to do good and you are going to do bad and you have no choice, and some people think that, and it's not that we can, you know, accidentally do good or accidentally do poorly, you're not going to do that, but it's your heart that determines whether you are a fruitful person producing good fruit or an unfruitful person or a wicked person producing evil fruit, and not the fruit of the Spirit, but carnal fruit. And so it's very important that we train and maintain and control our heart. Our heart is very important. And the Bible talks about how deceitful the heart is, but we have to keep the heart under control. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 15, it says, Of whom the whole family in heaven and in this earth is named after, and this is Jesus Christ when it's talking about that, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height continuing on and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you may be filled with all the f- fullness of God now unto him that is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask for are deep according to the power that worketh in him. And so here in this verse, and I'm just going to go back, I want to read the whole verse, but I want to go back to this portion of the verse. It says that if we have Christ in our spirit and our inner man, and so we have a good heart by having Christ in our heart. So it's important that if we're going to have that good heart, that we put Christ in there. So Christ has to be in our heart. So if we want to be fruitful and have the spirit the fruits of the spirit we have to put the spirit which is the word of God and we have to put Jesus Christ into our heart that's what we have to put into our heart that's what we have to plant into our heart and it says if we do that we'll be rooted and grounded in love and brother Curtis talked about this and in knowledge and about how Christ was the love of Christ was abundant or more abundant than the knowledge but so we have to have him we have to put Christ in our heart so we can be fruitful, so we can be, have the Spirit in us. And so we see that it's important that Christ has to dwell in our hearts. And so we, not only do we have to have a good heart, but we have to have the right thing planted in our heart, right? You know, we could have good soil, right? You could have good soil, and if all you planted in it was weed seeds, which is kind of weird, but there is weeds and they have seeds, you would just get weeds, If you just planted weed seeds. If you just planted seeds of an undesirable plant, you're just going to get undesirable plants out of it because that's what you planted. So you got to have a good heart and you have to plant in a good seed. And that good seed is Jesus Christ. The good seed is the Spirit of God and it's the Word of God. And we've read that. In Colossians 1 and verse 9 it says, For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord into all blessings being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And so here we see that we have to be fruitful in every good work. We have to increase in the knowledge of God because we take God's word and his knowledge and we plant that into us and that we He's talking about that they have spiritual wisdom and understanding, so they can walk worthy unto the Lord. So they can be fruitful, and so we have to gain spiritual understanding. We have to gain spiritual knowledge, and we recognize we don't gain spiritual knowledge to show how smart we are. We don't gain spiritual knowledge to show how wise or how understanding or how much we how much we love God. But we get that spiritual knowledge so we can walk worthy unto the lord so we want that knowledge so we can know how to better to serve him how to better to understand what he wants us to do and so that's the value of the knowledge of the lord that's the value of taking that and so we can be fruitful in every good work second <coughs> peter verse 1 through 20 he's saying knowing this first that no prophesies of the scripture of any proverb Private interpretation for prophecy came not of old time of the man, but of holy men of God, speak as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so here we see this scripture is that the prophecy, the words of God, the preaching, the teachings, that is moved by the Spirit, provided by the Holy Ghost. If we want to plant that Holy Ghost, if we want to plant that Holy Spirit within us, so we can produce these fruits of the Spirit. We have to take God's Word and plant them in our heart. We have to go and study that Word. We have to take that Word because that's God's Word. That's the fruit. That's the Spirit. If you want to take God and put Him in your heart, you do that by taking His Word and you study it. And you meditate on it. And you apply it to your life. And you say, this is what I want to be inside of me. And you ingest it through your eyes and through your mind and into your heart. And it's not just good enough to just say... Oh, let me learn about the Bible in a scholarly manner, right? You can learn all kinds of facts, but you have to take those to say, this is going to lead my path. This is going to direct my steps. This is going to be the way I follow and base my life off of these things. And so it's not just the knowledge, but it's taking God's word and putting it into our heart. And in doing so, in doing so, we can become fruitful. In doing so, we can bear those fruits and have those attitudes and those things that we've talked about, those fruits of the Spirit, so then those things and God can then work through us. His Spirit can work through us when we bring His Spirit in through His Word. And that's how we put His Word into this. That's how we plant that seed. It is the Word of God. And so we plant that in our heart so we can then be, give off those spiritual fruits. Verse 6, Ephesians 6, verse 16, it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you are able to quench all the fiery darts and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And here we see again the sword of the Spirit. Well, what is the sword of the Spirit? It's the Word of God. And so by taking the Word of God and applying it in our lives, by taking the Word of God and studying on it and meditating on it, we're arming ourselves with that Spirit, but we're also planting that Spirit into our hearts. We're taking that Word of God, we're taking that Sword of the Spirit, and we're bringing it into our lives. And so when we meditate and we take His Word, we can bring that in. We can put that in our hearts, and then it can produce the fruit we need it to produce. It can produce within us these joyful fruits that we've talked about, these fruits of the Spirit that we're going to be studying about. So if we want to know how to prepare our hearts, we want to know how to be this fruitful Christian that we've talked about, and have all these attributes that we've talked about we have to bring in the Word of God and put it in our heart and prepare our hearts to receive it. <clears throat> now I'd like to talk a bit about kind of how that manifests and the value of that, how to, how to bring forth that fruit. We've talked about how we take the heart and how we prepare the heart, how we plant that seed at the heart. But let's look a little bit about how that manifests itself. And we're going to do this in a little bit of a generic turn. In John chapter 15 and verse 4. It says. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. It, except that it abide in the vine. No more can you accept that you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me. He cast forth as a branch. And he withered. And the men gathered them. And cast them and in the fire. And so. We've already talked about bringing into that, but we have to recognize that if we are going to be fruitful, we have to abide in the Christ. And we have to be part of Christ. We have to be part of His body. You cannot be a fruitful Christian and be outside of the body of Christ. It can't be done. It's just like if you went out there and you had this orange tree, and we'll say that orange tree had this branch, and that branch came off, and it was just covered in oranges, and they were buds, and you thought, you know what? I'm just going to take this orange tree, this, this branch, and I'm going to take it over to, to my neighbor's house and give them these oranges. But the oranges were, were not ready. They weren't ripe. They weren't ready to produce. And so you cut that branch off, right, and you took it over to their house. Is that branch going to be fruitful? No, those fruits are going to die on the vine, and they're going to rot, and they're never going to reach maturity. If you go out there and say, oh, man, this year this branch really produced a lot of fruit, and I really know John likes fruit, I'm going to take John my... My favorite branch. You cut that branch off when he gets to his house, after a little while, he's just going to have a dead twig out there because it's not part of the tree. Christ is the vine, he is the tree, and we are the branches. And so, if we are going to be fruitful, we have to be rooted in Christ. We have to be attached to his body, we have to be part of his body. We can't do it alone. We do nothing. We talk about these fruits. And don't think that they are works. Don't think they're things that we do as ourselves and say, oh, this is what I've done. I've, I've achieved love and I've achieved joy and I've achieved long-suffering and I've achieved meekness. Which I don't even think you can say I achieved meekness because that's just almost an oxymoron because it's bragging on yourself. You can't brag on your fruitfulness because without Christ, we can do nothing. If we're not attached to that body, if we're not attached to that vine, we can do nothing. We cannot be fruitful and not be attached to Christ. We cannot be fruitful independent of the vine, because He is the vine, and we are the branches. And so, if we're to manifest fruit, if we're to be fruitful, we must be attached to Christ. In Romans chapter eight and verse four, it says that that the righteousness of the law that might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the f- spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And I have more to this verse, but we want to just stop just kind of a quick pause here. And it talks about how we are to be mind spiritually. We have to be we have to be mindful of the things of the Spirit. So we, the things that we think about, the things that we put in our mind, that will determine whether we're a spiritual person or a carnal person. And we have to ask ourselves, when we get up in the morning, are we thinking about spiritual decisions or carnal decisions? Are we thinking about the flesh? Are we thinking about heaven? As we make our decisions throughout every day of our lives, what kind of decisions, what kind of priorities, what's driving those? Are they spiritual or are they carnal? Because the carnal man is the carnal mind is enmity against God, for for it is not subject to the law, and neither indeed can be. So they that are of the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of of him who that raised up, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we live through the spirit, we do mortify the deeds of the body, ye, ye shall live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And if we have received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You know, we read that last verse and we like to focus on the fact that we can cry, Abba, Father. And it's such a great and wonderful blessing. Such a wonderful blessing to look to our Father in heaven and call him Daddy or Dad or Our father, you know, not father in like the formal sense, but dad, like you would call up your dad when you were hurting or you needed help. But to be that person, we have to walk in the Spirit. We have to walk in the spirit. We have to die to the fleshly mind and walk towards the spiritual mind. We have to focus on spiritual things. Our life needs to be focused on those spiritual things. The Word of God is the spiritual things. We can be focused on the Word of God, spoke, focused on the things that matter, not the things of this flesh, not the things and the desires and the comforts of this flesh, but the spiritual things. And it's a constant battle. We're constantly having to put away the fleshly things to dwell upon the spiritual things. It's a constant battle in our lives. (coughs) Romans chapter 15, verse 26. It says, For it had pleased them a Macedonian of Caia to make certain contributions for the poor saints which were at Jerusalem. It has pleased them verily, and their debtors are free. For if the Gentiles had made partake of the spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto, unto the." Them in carnal things, for when they have performed this, they have sealed them, sealed them this fruit, and I will come to you into Spain. And so, here in Romans, he's writing and he's telling them that it has pleased those in Macedonia and Achaia to make contributions to the poor saints in Jerusalem. And the reason why I want to point this out is because he talks about how they are, for spiritual reasons, right? They have made particulars of spiritual things. But they have a duty to minister unto carnal things. And so when we talk about the fruits of the spirits, and I talk about these items, and we talk about denying the flesh, all of those things are true. But we are people who live in this world. And we need to recognize that our spiritual nature should have physical, real, carnal consequences. And what I mean by that is like these men here, these these brethren and sisters in Macedonia and Achaia, because of their spiritual gifts and their spiritual, partaking of their spiritual things, they felt a duty to take care of the fleshly needs of the saints in Jerusalem. Because they were spiritually blessed to know the word of God, they felt and realized they had a duty to take care of the financial needs of these poor Jerusalem, these saints in Jerusalem. And so it does not alleviate us from the need to take care of the fleshly needs of our brethren. You know, we talk about spirituality and we talk about focusing on the eternal and talking about all and all those things are great. And we should be focused on living spiritual and godly lives, and God should be in us and And his will should definitely be directing our steps. But those fruits and those, and having him in our heart, should have physical consequences in a good way. Consequences may not be the best word, but physical outpouring. And so, if we're spiritually minded, that means we're going to help our neighbor with his physical needs, right? We're not just going to say, be filled. We're not just going to say, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm not dismissing the value of praying for somebody. But what I'm saying is, is being spiritual is going to lead us to do more than pray for someone. It's going to mean take them a meal, give them a phone call, send them a text, send them a card, send them some flowers, cut their grass. Whatever it needs, you're going to take care of not just their spiritual needs because you have a debt to these people who are in physical need to take care of their physical needs. And so the spiritual fruits are going to produce real-life changing events in the way we live our lives, the way we conduct ourselves, the things that we do with our money, the things that we do with our time, the things that we do with our talents, the things that we do in our lives will physically be different because we are spiritual people producing spiritual fruits. And those things will manifest themselves, not just in spiritual and theoretical, if you will, not just in the intangible, but they will be tangible results. Just like with these people in Macedonia and Achaia, there were tangible results of them being giving and sharing and protecting the spiritual gifts in that they took physical dollars and physical money, if you allow me to use dollars for money, and physical items, and they sent this of the poor saints in Jerusalem to take care of their physical needs because the physical needs matter. Not the physical wants, not the physical luxuries, but the physical needs. And so we have a responsibility as brethren to look out after the needs of our physical brethren. <coughs> John chapter 15, verse 8, <coughs> he says, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so you shall be, his, you shall be my disciples. As the Father had loved me, so as I have loved you, continue my love. And if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my Father's love, as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. <clears throat> So here we see that if we're going to bear much fruit, even though there are spiritual things, we're going to keep his commandments. We're going to do the thing that God told us to do. And here he's talking about abiding in his love. And Jonathan, I stepped over on love a little bit, but, you know, it just kind of had to happen, I guess. Um, but we see here that we're going to keep his commandments. Part of being fruitful is doing God's will and doing it his way. And so we're not just going to be fruitful. It's not just, you know, you hear people talk about how they're spiritual. And we want to be spiritual people. But spiritualness produces following God's will. Spiritualness doesn't only just provide charity or provide what we think of charity. It doesn't just provide relief to the carnal needs. But providing things and doing things God's way. If we're going to be spiritual creatures, we're going to do And live our physical lives the way God told us to live our physical lives. It's going to create and it's going to control the way we live our life. So that's not just when we talk about these spiritual items. It's not just pie in the sky. It's not just theoretical. It's not just things that you can't see and you don't know if they exist or not. But these are things that are intangibles that create life-changing actions within us. We're going to behave differently. We're going to treat our fellow man differently. We're going to worship God differently because we're going to do things according to God's commandments. We're going to do things God's way and only God's way. And then we will be fruitful. Then we will be his disciples. In 1 Peter 4 and verse 11, it says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oil of God's. And if any man minister, let him do that as the ability of God, which, give, which God giveth, that God in all things will be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom we be praised for dominion forever and ever. Amen. And the key, the reason why we do things, the reason why we allow the Spirit to make those changes, it tells us. If we speak, it says, let him speak as the oracles of God. And, you know, you, sometimes it says, let him speak as the mouthpiece of God and some different translations and different things like that. Let him speak as if he's speaking from God. And not that I speak because I have the authority to speak from God, but I temper the things I say, so I always say things that put God in the best light. That's what it means here. It doesn't say, oh, when I speak here, I'm speaking as the oracle of God, and what I say is is God's will. Now, I should only speak God's will, but because I say it doesn't make God's will, because it's God's will should be why I say it. And that's very important to make sure we understand that. And the things that I do, we do it because God has given us the ability to do it. And in all things that we do, we should glorify God. That should be our focus. All of these things of being fruitful, all of these things of having all of these joy and these loves and being these fruitful Christians, all of these things about taking in and and making our heart ready and putting in God's seed in us and, and going out and taking care of our neighbor and being and being the kind of neighbor we are to be, and being the kind of father we need to be, or being the kind of wife we need to be, or the kind of dad we need to be, or the kind of son we need to be, or daughter, or whatever it is in life that you do. In all things, may God be glorified through Jesus Christ. We should live our lives to glorify God. We should live our lives so people are glorified. God is glorified because we are His representative. And so when we do that, when we allow these spiritual fruits to make us be the kind of people that they say, this person is a Christian, and Christian people are good people, and God is a good God because his people do good things. And we need to be those kind of people. 1 Peter 4 and verse 12, it said, Beloved, think not as it is strange concerning the fire trial which try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoicing as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, that you may be glad with exceeding joy. And so sometimes God is glorified. Sometimes God is honored by the things that we endure, by the things that we allow to happen to us. You think there about the, in Hebrews chapter 11, when it talks about the men of great faith, and it talks about how they were sawn of and suffered persecution and all these things. They did these things by faith, and they did these for the glory of God. You think about about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God was glorified when those guys said, whether God saves us or not, throw us in the fire, because we will not bow down to you. God was glorified. When, when the apostle Peter, I almost said Paul, the apostle Peter told the, uh, the leaders there in Acts, when he said, who should we obey, God or man? God was glorified. When he took the beatings and the scourgings, God was glorified. When the Christians who suffered the persecution, when Stephen laid down his life and, and said, Father, forgive them, they know not what to do, and, it, and he asked for his soul to be taken up to heaven and slept while they were stoning him and gnashing him on God was glorified. Because when we endure, God is glorified. And all that we do, if we do it in a godly manner, God is glorified. And so... When we think about we want to live our lives and sometimes it's good to do good things that so we can glorify God. we got to realize sometimes we glorify God by suffering bad things. Sometimes the difficult things that we suffer in a godly manner glorifies God. And God can be glorified through us. First Peter verse 4 it says... If you be reproached by the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. For on their part is evil spoken of you, but in your part is he is glorified. But let, not you, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as evildoer, or a busybody, and other men's surface. For if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. And so we are glorifying God, and I probably, I apologize, I just should have kept reading. But we glorify God... When we suffer for righteousness' sake, God is glorified on that. When we patiently take the tribulations, when we patiently take the difficulties, and we read that about that, that second seed, that second type of heart that allowed the, the persecutions and the problems of life to, to, to wither and to kill their plant. When we're that good heart and we take those persecutions, when we take those difficult times, God is glorified. And that is our purpose. When we talk about all of these fruits, and these fruits are great and wonderful things to have in our lives, but we need to remember that the purpose of all Christianity and the purpose of every person is to live daily. is to glorify God, whether it be in triumph or whether it be in loss. God is to be glorified. And so we want to keep that thought as we go through these. This is important. And so I appreciate your attention as we wrap this up, as we wrap up this introduction to the fruits of this the things I really want us to kind of always work through in our hearts and keep them with us is the need to have that unboiled and prepared heart. The one that accepts the seed. It's the importance of taking the seed and making sure that the seed is the pure word of God and that we are attached to the true branch and the true body of Christ. And that in all that we do, we are doing it to glorify God. And it's through God that we do the things that we do. It's never about Steve's fruitfulness. It's never about... Curtis's fruitfulness is not what Curtis does but it's what God does through Curtis it's what God does through Steve it's what God does through all of us and then he can be glorified and he can be honored and people can see him through the way we submit ourselves unto him and accept his seed into our hearts I appreciate your attention I also appreciate your patience with my voice um We want to take this time to offer an invitation. We don't know what's going on in your heart. We don't know what's necessarily going on in your life. And so you may have a need to have the church to pray for you. You may have a need. You may be struggling with health issues or life issues or spiritual issues or personal issues or emotional issues or whatever it may be. You may have a need to have the church pray for you. And we want to offer that invitation. We also want to offer the invitation if you have not obeyed the gospel. You have not been... Engrafted into that vine and been made part of that Christ, the body of Christ, through baptism and start producing these spiritual fruits and start being part of that spiritual vine that is the body of Christ, that is the vine, we want to offer you an invitation to come forth and accept baptism, accept the plan of salvation and be baptized and to be part and grafted into that that vine and have his seed dwell in your heart and, and produce those fruits. We want to offer both invitations as we sing this song.